welcome to the Lions for the Lamb podcast feed. Every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. we'll be meeting, but if you can't make it then, then feel free to join us here. Hope you enjoy. A lot of your busy nights, your busy evenings on a Tuesday night to be here. And most importantly, I'm thankful that God is here. I'm thankful that his presence is here. Uh, I felt the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost during worship. I, I believe that God's going to do something special here tonight. Uh, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, without him, this is all just a hangout. Uh, he, he's the one that truly changes things in the atmosphere, in our hearts, in our lives, and everything that we're a part of. So he's the one that changes us. Has anybody ever been changed by God? But I'm excited, and, and God's been dealing with me on some things, and I, I feel if I'm able to communicate them in the way that he wants me to tonight, that's going to be the hardest part. Uh, we'll leave here different than the way we came in. Amen. <clears throat> but I won't be too long, but I will plan to use the a lot of time to the best of my ability. So I want to start out by bringing out the story of Elijah to our minds uh, in the book of First Kings. Is anybody familiar with Elijah? You know, he's one of the major prophets. We've all heard of Elijah before. And when you think about Elijah, there's some awesome things to think about. Uh, you know, Elijah... He's a great prophet. He challenges uh, the evil king Ahab in the book of 1 Kings and prophesies a drought over the entire land as a result of King Ahab's wickedness, his disobedience, his worship of false gods. And to protect Elijah from the drought that he had just prophesied uh, and to protect him from King Ahab, God commanded Elijah to hide near a brook. And near that brook is where God would send uh, ravens twice a day to feed and to shelter him, and they literally would bring food to him in the evenings and in the mornings. And, you know, while everybody else's crops are withering away and their ponds are drying up, Elijah's sitting over here by a creek getting fed by these birds, literally from the claws of a raven. But eventually, though, the stream would dry up and Elijah was hiding there. And then God, he tells Elijah, you know, you got to get somewhere else. So uh, God sends him to a widow in a nearby city, and he says, you know, she'll sustain you, she'll take care of you, go ahead and uh, go to her, and, and you'll survive this drought. And so he does, and when Elijah gets there, he asks the woman to feed him, like God says, but she is worried that she won't have enough food for her, her son, and Elijah, and she expresses that to him. And so God provides a barrel of flour and a jar of oil, the Bible says, that would never run out. So she was able to continue to feed and to feed over and over because she was obeying God's will and they had an endless supply of food because of it. And these awesome things are happening all within about 16 verses in the book of 1 Kings um, chapter 17. And, you know, it's amazing the things that God is doing in and through Elijah. And he's undoubtedly living in the will of God for these things to be happening and seeing the supernatural around him pretty much every day, all the things that he's going through and he's doing. And... It's because of his obedience to God's will that he's seeing all this. And you see in the very next chapter, Elijah standing up to the prophets of Baal. Is anybody familiar with Baal? You've heard that in the Old Testament a lot. Uh, Baal was a false god that lived in those times. He had a very uh, mass following. And the prophets of Baal would call upon their god day and night, all day long, asking him to send fire from the heavens. But, obviously, to no avail. And you have to wonder why. I mean, really? Uh, so, you know what Elijah does. He, he builds an altar, and he's going to challenge these, these prophets of Baal, and he places a sacrifice on the altar, and not only does he do that, he pours water on it three times on the sacrifice. 
you talk about faith. Elijah is ready for a showdown. And then Elijah calls upon God, and God sends down fire from heaven. All while the, the prophets of Baal have been doing this all day and all night, and nothing's happening. So he calls down fire from heaven, and guess what? God consumes the sacrifice. Not only the sacrifice, but he dries up all of the water that was poured up on He He consumes the entire area where the sacrifice was, and God proves himself he's more powerful than the false gods. Amen? God is more powerful than the false gods. But Elijah commands the prophets of Baal to be executed afterwards. And after the great victory is when the drought ends. That's whenever the rain begins to pour over the land again. And everything is cool beans, man. Elijah is the man in the land. He's being used by God and, uh, to show God's power and his might against all these false deities. And he's doing all these things for God, but in the next chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19, King Ahab, he's just seen all this go down. He just saw Elijah you know, prove that God is the king of kings, and he, he's the superior God to all these fake and lesser gods. Well, little G gods, they're not even really gods. Um, but yeah, so King Ahab watched it all go down. Then he saw him absolutely slay all the prophets of Baal. And you think that would put a little intimidation in him, but uh, he, he gets either mad or scared or something happens because he goes and he tells Jezebel. Are you familiar with Jezebel? Yes. Jezebel, no. Um, whichever, whichever one he was, he tells her. And, and verse 1 says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Um, anyway, verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah. So she just heard all this, and she sent a messenger, and she said to tell him, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life, at, thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she pretty much says, what you did to the prophets of Baal, I'm going to do to you. Um, and so instead of being like, wow, okay, maybe he is the real God, Jezebel takes a different alternate uh, the opposite perspective. And she's like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to threaten the man of God. Uh, and we know that's not smart, but she is uh, in the process of learning. Uh, verse 3, and when, he said, and when he saw that, he arose as Elijah, and he went for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And Elijah requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. So just a time before, Elijah was running and gunning, doing the, God, the, the work of God. But as soon as discouragement and trial and opposition arose, he allowed it to penetrate his armor that he had built up. And it defeated him. He goes as far as to request to die. You know, instead of turning to God for encouragement and strength and Lord help me through this I, I know that you, I trust you and I know that you're gonna help me get through it the prophet resorts to giving up and it sounds like he's quitting quitting up so much so on his on his life but Elijah needed a change in his mentality in the situation he he needed a change in his spirit he needed a change in his heart and that leads me to my title tonight I, I want to speak for just a little while on this subject the change hour.
I give credit to Roxy. That looks good. She's been killing it at our church. We're just getting into these cool little title slides, and Roxy is ushering us into that season. So she's doing an awesome job. Um, so if you would, bow your heads and pray with me tonight. We're going to ask God to have his way in this place. Lord, we thank you. Amen. So, being in college, we've heard a lot of words in our life. Uh, most of you guys probably heard the word change out, not to be commonly confused with the word, the baseball term, change up. Right. No, I'm not talking about that. Uh, a change out. By def- definition, it's simply this. It's a replacement of a spent, used, dysfunctional, or otherwise inferior part or object with a new one. So, easy enough, right? A, a change out is doing away with something old, something that's broken down. It's uh, getting rid of damaged things, expired things, and replacing them with newer, usually more functional things. You can think of it like changing the oil in your car. You go to the local uh, Take 5 because your change engine oil light has been on for the past 5,000 miles, and you're getting a ding every time you get in your car. Um, Yeah, so obviously it's time for an oil change-out. The, the mechanic replaces your old worn-out filter. He changes your old worn-out oil with a new oil filter and oil, and bam, no more change engine oil light, and your puppy is running like a brand-new beamer. But anytime you think about repairs or maintenance, uh, you know, fixing things and upkeep, those are just change-outs. That's all I'm talking about here when I say the change-out. But... Uh, Or you can think about your newest software update on your iPhone slash Android. Yes, I think it's debatable whether my phone needs one or not. I'm pretty sure I've got a little notification on my phone right now asking me because it seems like every other week they're asking me to or wanting me to uh, update my phone. But uh, regardless, Apple or Samsung or whoever thinks that we need a changeout of our software. Changeouts are what keep things operating that would otherwise be not as functional. Using things that haven't been changed out could possibly put yourself in harm's way or lead to something that you don't want to be a part of, something unfortunate. You know, you think about your car. What happens if you don't change your oil? Any mechanics here? Mason seems like the best mechanic. Blow that motor up. That's right. If you don't change out your motor oil and filter your engine, is not going to be properly lubricated. Your engine will begin to overheat, and it's going to cause all the different components within your engine to start to warp because they're overheated, and they're going to get out of shape, and they're going to wear out, not work like they should. Eventually, that engine is going to shut down, and you're going to have to pay for a brand-new engine, not just the cost of your maintenance, your change out of that oil and oil filter. <clears throat> or your phone, if you don't update its software, as I mentioned, you won't get all the new features or the bugs in your phone won't be fixed, whatever that means. Uh, I think every update says fixes bugs. If there's a security update, it could possibly put your phone at risk. Uh, if, if, some, if anything goes wrong with your phone, then maybe like your banking apps, there it could be potentially open to hackers um, in the world uh, exploiting, trying to steal your personal data uh, through security holes that didn't get fixed because you didn't update or change out your phone's software. And then here's something I've experienced. Some apps won't will stop working if you don't update your software. Has anybody had that happen to them? 
That's aggravating. You, you go to play Flappy Bird, and then all of a sudden you can't play anymore because the app requires an update. But guess what? You can't download the app because you didn't update your software. You're going to miss out on this. All your friends are playing Flappy Bird. You're, gonna, you're putting yourself at risk with these things. But I'll take it one step further. You go to, you even, you listen, and you go to update your phone software, but it turns out that the iPhone 4S doesn't support iOS 10. So you have to get an entirely new phone. You're going to have to have a phone change out, not just a software change out. And that's when I switched to Android. Amen. Praise God. Yes. But with all of these things being said, change outs are needed in our lives. Change outs prevent us from turmoil down the road, doing a little work now so that we don't suffer even more later. And I don't know if you guys know this, but as humans, we like to talk about things that we know. We talk about things that interest us, things that we are familiar with. And that's probably that, that's what I'm going to do tonight. I'm going to talk about some things that I'm familiar with. Uh, you guys probably are not so familiar with it, but I'm going to try to be as clear, transparent as I can. Uh, and understandably so, I know about it because it's my job and it feeds my family. So I'm going to uh, enter into the utility side of the world. Let me grab this real quick. I like to talk about stuff dealing with linemen, yes, because this is what I do every single day. Right, right. Yes. Um, and this isn't the first time. I, I think I spoke uh, a year ago or so when I involved a pair of rubber. These are rubber gloves. I included a pair of rubber sleeves. In it. Yeah, it was titled, uh, Don't Judge a Book by Its Cover. <clears throat> but in my hand here, I hold a pair of rubber insulating gloves. I'm, I've got two, I'm just gonna keep one. I'll pass one around just for, uh, get a feel for it, see how it works, get it, its nature, its rubber properties, all that good stuff. Because uh, it is a fail. <laughs> I can't bring good gloves away from work. Um, so these gloves here are what are worn by electrical linemen uh, all over the world. It, it, and it acts as a line of defense between them their body, their arm, and their hand uh, as a, its protection against 10, 20, 30, 40,000 volts of electricity you know, that's running through a power line whenever they're performing work. So when a lineman is performing work on that power line, they are required to wear these. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to have your rubber insulating gloves on. Because if someone comes into contact with the power line, I should have kept your right hand. Um, this doesn't feel right. I can't do this. Uh, if someone is to come into contact with that power line, it is going to absolutely fry them. You know, their arms could quite literally blow off. Um, I mean, you think about a 120-volt outlet. Anybody ever touch one of those? You know, these little outlets here on the wall? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bite. There's no doubt about it. it it'll get you. Uh, 240 volts. These are what your... Uh, your dryer's wrong at home. It's, it's the bigger one, different prongs and everything. If that's double what a 120 is, I've never touched one. I don't want to touch it. But imagine this. Multiply that 120-volt socket, what you felt, times 333 times. That is what these gloves are coming into contact with. The human body is just not built. God didn't make it for us to be able to you know, withstand Thank you so much. 
So the human body, God didn't make the human body to be able to withstand that much voltage. Amounts of energy that high. And that's why it's so important that these guys wear these gloves. Um, and, and with these puppies on, they're able to perform any kind of work that is needed uh, without the constant fear of being electrocuted. Uh, I probably would be anyway, just because 40,000 volts of electricity is very intimidating. Have you ever heard on... Have you ever heard on the transmission lines, uh, you know, the big, huge power lines that run through the open fields and stuff like that? Have you ever stopped and listened to the buzz of those? Those are carrying hundreds of thousands of volts from different locations. That's If you can hear electricity, yeah, that, that's that's a lot. But um, and so as you can imagine, as a, as a lineman performs uh, all this continuous work using their gloves, they're going to come into some wear and tear. And the, the glove... And you'll begin to see that on the, uh, the surface of the gloves. These guys are working day in and day out. But they've got rubber gloves, but guess what they're working with? Metal. They're working with different metal nuts and bolts. They're working with metal wire. They're working with metal tools. Everything that they're working with is made out of metal, and all they have is rubber. So, as we know, metal is much harder than rubber. Uh, the likelihood of a piece of metal you know, piercing or coming into contact with these gloves isn't uncommon. From time to time, that constant contact may result in a cut here or there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cut the rubber and break into the surface. So they may bump into something and it may leave an abrasion on the surface of the glove. And these different factors, they begin to, they're all working against these gloves. They're going to try to deteriorate the rubber properties, the insulating properties that this glove has against electricity. And if, if the rubber, uh, if it becomes deteriorated enough, we, we know what's going to happen. The electricity is going to be able to penetrate through the rubber and directly into the lineman's body. So therefore, these gloves aren't serving their purpose anymore. But with all that being said, do you think it's important that a lineman's glove be of the highest quality? It has to be in the best condition. I wouldn't walk out there with a pair of gloves like this, which I it did have an eczema on that. There is eczema. Pass inspection. So, this it's it's so important that their gloves be in the best quality, and so much so that you know the Ameri it's uh, what's the right word I'm trying to think of law or governing body, the ASTM, American Society for Testing and Materials. They require that these gloves be changed out every six months, whether they're good or not. After you've been using these gloves for six months, you're required to get a new pair, you know, that's been certified and all that good stuff. Uh, and your old pair that, you're, that you've been wearing, they need to be retested. They need to be recertified to make sure that they're still good. And if you can't tell, it's, it's important that alignment change out their gloves at the required time. Because what's going to happen if they don't? They're going to put themselves at risk, just like your oil change, just like the, the, the software in your phone. You're going to be at risk if you don't have a change out. But you may ask the question, where does this apply to me? Dawson, you're talking about all these things, but... How does this affect me in my life? But I have a question. Does anybody ever feel like that lineman? I'll elaborate a little bit. Uh, so when a lineman goes out on a job, do you think he knows his purpose? Do you, know, do you think he knows what he's supposed to be doing out there? The power's down. You know, there, it's storming outside. There's, there's not a proper connection between the people and the power. That's essentially what a lineman is doing. They're restoring power to the people because if you don't we will not have any lights we won't have anything we 
I've, thought, I've tried to think about that sometimes, the extent of if we didn't have electricity. All the different things that we, we rely on electricity for. We, we'd be lost, absolutely lost. But a lineman's main purpose is to connect us, the people, to the power, to the nuclear plants, to provide us with electricity that we can run all the, all the different things that we do. And in the same way, you know what your purpose is. You, when, you, when you go out on your job, you're, you're a safe, sanctified, redeemed, Holy Ghost-filled believer, and you know the work that you've got to do. You know what God has called you to do, and that is, uh, if you're at Lions for the Lamb, tell, to tell this campus you know, about how awesome God is, to tell him you know, what he's done in our lives and how he can do the same thing in their lives. He, he can change them, and, and you've got to connect the people to the power in the same way. We've got to connect the students of this campus to the power that we feel in God's presence. But doesn't it seem like all the things you need to do your job sometimes, they seem to work against your protection sometimes, just like the linemen. You've got your rubber gloves, but you're working with metal when you're out there on the campus. Just as the metal objects a lineman works with deteriorate his rubber gloves, the, the spirit of this world and even the campus itself, they, that we have to work with. There's no doubt. We, we can't do God's will if we don't have people to save. They are the people, they are the things that we need to do our job. But sometimes they can wear on us and begin to deteriorate our protection, our faith, and the constant battle day by day that the lineman faces. We can do the same as we face wear and tear on us. We, we may get cut, a cut in our protection here or there but something may rub us the wrong way and suddenly we have an abrasion in our protection. But just as the lineman changes out his protection, it's our responsibility to change out our protection. A lineman needs a glove change out. We need a mind change out. We need a spirit change out. We need a new hope change out. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says it so well. Paul is speaking here to the uh, church at Corinth. Verse 16 says, For which cause we faint not. Paul said we don't faint, but... Though our outward man perish, yet it's the inward man that is renewed day by day. Verse 17 says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So Paul understands what I'm talking about here, how important a change out in our lives is. He says, the outward man, yes, we know it's going to pass away. <clears throat> This old body is going to grow old, and but what's important is the inward man. We have to protect the inward man. Paul says, I change out my inward man day by day. And Paul experiences a renewal of his spirit each day because he knows the risk that is involved when you put it off. Whenever you push off, you change out. And there's no doubt we are going to suffer affliction in our mission. It's just a part of it. This world is going to come against us, but we cannot let that deter us from what God is having us do. Paul says that this light affliction can't compare to the exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But when we don't change out our mindset, when we don't change out our faith, is where we're going to find ourselves, when we come under attack, the world is going to have an increased likelihood of penetrating our protection and begin to destroy us. So just as our physical body, as I said, isn't made to withstand 40,000 volts of electricity, this spiritual body was not created to endure carnality. 
this spiritual body wasn't created to inhabit jealousy and hate and malice and the, the evil nature that this world presents to us. And just as 40,000 volts of electricity will lead to an imminent death in our mortal body, these things that try to attack us are going to lead to a spirit, our spiritual being doing the same. And the awesome thing about all of this is that God wants to renew our protection. We, we don't have to fight for it. We don't have to claw and beg and all these things. He literally wants to give us a brand new set of gloves, you know? Um, so say that with me. God wants to renew me. He wants to renew me. So he, he wants to equip us with the things that we need to do our job. A renowned um, German poet by the name of Johann Wolfgang von Goeth, Goeth. Uh, he once said this, we must always change, renew, rejuvenate ourselves or otherwise we harden. And this could not have fit better into the message that I'm trying to present to you guys tonight. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And he says, I, God says, I will give them one heart and will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of, your, out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. God says, maybe you're overdue for your change out and your hearts become hard like stone, like, like Johan said. He said that <clears throat> we'll, we'll harden if we don't rejuvenate ourselves. You know, maybe you've allowed yourself to become hardened, but check this out. He says he's going to put a new spirit in us. He's, he's literally going to remove the old stony heart and he's going to replace it with a new heart of flesh. That is the God that we serve. I, I don't know about y'all, but that's encouragement to me. You know, we need that in our lives. When, when we refer back to the story of Elijah, he's asking God to take his life because of the threat that Jezebel has brought against him brought towards him and Elijah's protection it's been penetrated can we all agree on that the protection that God that Elijah had has been penetrated his his faith has been altered he's asking God to take his life his, his spirit has been shaken his hope has been lost he allowed Jezebel to cause a breach in his defense so his gloves are past due you know Elijah allowed the metal objects, the nuts and bolts, the wire, the things that he had to face in order to achieve God's will. He allowed those things, which in this case, Jezebel, she put a nick in his protection. And now he's vulnerable. He, he allowed the influence and the intimidation to get to him, to stop him in his tracks. You know, when a change out is missed in life, whether it be your car's oil, your phone software, or a lineman's rubber gloves, there's an associated risk that comes with that. And I asked the question tonight, Lions for the Lamb, are, are we at risk tonight? Is our protection at risk of giving in? Are, are we just a few more cuts or maybe just a few more bumps and abrasions from allowing the world, the people that we're trying to reach, to penetrate our anointing? Is our change out past due or are we living on expired faith? Are we living on expired hope? Are we holding on to things that may prove dangerous to our soul if we don't release them? When, when's the last time we asked God for a renewing in our mind or a renewing in our spirit? And I believe tonight that it's time that we lay, lay aside these old ways of thinking, these, these old mindsets, allow God to change out the pain in our lives, allow Him to change out the unforgiveness that we may be holding on to. 
and trade those things out for joy and for relief and for freedom and for peace. If you find yourself in that situation tonight, we're lucky because God has given us a way out. He has given us a solution. And when Elijah found himself in need of that change out, that's when God truly showed himself to Elijah in a way that he'd never seen before. When Elijah was discouraged, when Elijah found himself worn down in need of a renewal, that's when God showed up and said, calm down, Elijah. It's going to be okay. Let's, let's think this out. Let's, let's decide what we're going to do. God always has a plan. He's, he's the true man with the plan. Uh, or once was a man, now is a spirit with the plan. But if, if you're like me, you always like to have a plan. Uh, I don't like doing anything without a plan. I don't know where Roxy is. I need some backup back there. Can I get a holler? Amen. Um, but the problem that I run into is a lot of times uh, I like to make my own plans. Uh, I'm quick to make decisions without the consultation of the, the one whose plans really matter. Uh, I'll pray for me, but uh, I think that's where Elijah found himself in this situation. First uh, Kings chapter 19, verse 5 says, And as he lay and sleep, this is talking about Elijah, as he lay and sleep under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. So then Elijah looked, and behold, there was a, a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat. And he drank, and he laid down again. So Elijah's given some relief in these scriptures as we see. God takes Elijah, you know, in the distress that he's in, in the need of a change out, and provides him with food, water, and rest. Sometimes that's just, that's just what you need. You need something to eat, you need something to drink, and you need some rest. Does anybody need that supplement tonight? Verse 7 says, And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Verse 8, And he arose, and he did eat and drink, and went. And the strength of that meat, forty days and forty nights, unto Horeb, the mount of God. Verse 9, And he came thither unto a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? Verse 10, And he said, I have been very jealous of, for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even only I, am left. And they seek, they seek my life to take it away. So God, in this situation, he just really allows Elijah to vent a little bit. You know, he's, he's where are you at right now? Where's your, your headspace at, Elijah? And he says, you know, I'm the only one left serving you, God. Uh, kind of like pity me. Um, but verse 11, and he said, go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord. This is God instructing him. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break into pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. We're all familiar with that still, small voice. The famous still, small voice. But what Elijah was lacking was an encounter with God. He was expecting God to show himself in all these different miraculous acts, which there's no doubt that he, God will present himself in these things. He's capable of it. 
But God knew just what Elijah needed in that moment, just like God knows what each of us needs tonight. We're not cookie-cutter Christians, and he's not a cookie-cutter God. He, he's going to interact with each of us in different ways and provide uh, the, the encounter that we need tonight. Specifically, verse 13 says, And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face, when he heard the voice, the still small voice, he wrapped his face in, the, in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? So God asked him that again. And once Elijah realized that God wasn't in all these things, in the wind, in the fire, in the earthquake, that's when God speaks to him. And the Bible says that Elijah was humbled by the presence of God and he wrapped his face in his mantle. And God asked Elijah the same question, even though we know that he knew the answer. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And it's in this series of events that Elijah receives his renewal. He received that change out. He finds himself uplifted, encouraged, and directed by God. And if you read on, God speaks to Elijah, and he tells him to anoint Elisha as prophet. God gave Elijah direction in this moment. And I believe that God is wanting to do that to, to us tonight. He's wanting to instruct us. He's wanting to do, perform a change out in our minds, in our hearts, in our spirits. And uh, the musicians can come. So maybe you've come into this place. I know that I have coming into this place wanting a, a deeper relationship with God. You want a, a, a deeper um, you know, presence of God in your life. And maybe you've come into this place tired and uh, worn down and, and, and exhausted. And that's easy when you're in college, whenever you're a college and career age uh, student these days. But maybe you're just needing some rest. Or maybe it's just that the struggle is feeling a little more real tonight. Maybe you just need to hear that still small voice that Elijah heard. Well, I'm here to tell you that God is here tonight and he wants to perform all of the above. God is saying it's time for a spiritual renewal of some old things in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He's saying it's time for some new things to begin to work in us, to be working in our prayer lives, to be working in our desire to serve Him, allow God to speak some new direction into us. I believe He's getting ready to perform a change out tonight. If you need a touch in your mind, a, a strengthening in your spirit, if you just need some peace, you've come to the right place tonight. Psalm 51, verse 10 says, Create in me, this is David, create in me a new heart. Oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. If we could just make that our prayer tonight. That's that's so important. Let, let's just begin to enter into a season of prayer in this place. Lord, we ask you, God, tonight. Lord, create a clean heart in me, Jesus. Lord, renew a right spirit in us. God, I've been surviving each day, day by day, on the same mindset. Lord, I ask you to give us fresh perspective tonight, God. Give us a fresh outlook, Lord. Give us a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Lord, renew a right spirit in us, God. I pray that you would change out the protection, Lord, that we have. God, renew our strength that we can go out, Lord, and perform the will that you have for us, God. Thank you for tuning in to the Lions for the Lamb podcast feed. Feel free to check in with us every week where you'll be seeing new updates. Have a good day.